The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. The biggest piece of kind of this looming debut is that for a very long time, all, my whole life writing has been very private. It was like my diary. I was like, mom, don't look at my notebooks. It's embarrassing. I don't want you to see what I'm writing. Cause like I, I was using two of the early stories as a way to figure myself out. And like, what are these feelings that I'm having? I'm growing into a whole person. Like, I don't know how to make sense of this. So I'll project it onto these characters and see what they come up with. And maybe that will resonate with me. But now it's like, all of these people get to read my diary to a certain extent. So it's, it is, it's exciting in a way. Cause it's like, I, I have made the conscious choice to like, yes, I want to invite these people into the way that I see the world and the way that I want to present these stories. And, and I want people to see how I view, you know, connection and the act of falling in love and the act of having hope and, and all of the stuff that the book presents. Um, it is, just a little bit scary, but more than anything, it's very exciting to feel like or to know that out there there are going to be people who are going to resonate with with this and be able to, you know, it's it's sort of like there are more of us out there. Um, it, it'll be fun to kind of see who really falls into lockstep with it and 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 who is the person who's like, yes, that that's exactly what I'm looking for. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am still your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Critically acclaimed debut novelist Issa Arsen spoke to me about humanizing machines and the creative process, how to write soft sci-fi, and her genre-bending, timey-wimey literary debut, Shoot the Moon. Issa is an author and audio engineer based in South Texas and has published several short stories, and pieces of experimental interactive media. Shoot the Moon is Arsene's debut novel, inspired by her own childhood in New Mexico, and named a BookBub Best Book of Fall, Shondaland Best Book of October 2023, among others, and has been described as a puzzle box time travel story about an intelligent but lonely NASA secretary, her relentless drive to live a big life in a world that would keep her small. Publishers Weekly called it an innovative novel that navigates the back and forth of the story's time travel events 
threading them into the highlights of women's scientific achievements. In this file, Issa and I discussed studying music composition and blending the organic and machine. Why music is how we decorate time, her unique blend of interests, including Doctor Who, what it means to write in the age of genre benders, why storytelling is a quirk of evolution, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. All right, we are back on The Writer Files. I am honored today to be joined by an esteemed guest. I have an acclaimed debut novelist, Issa Arsene, is joining us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me, Kelton. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So what's going on over there? What's the vibe? I mean, this is a pretty big uh, debut for you, kind of a, a breakout hit, it would seem. Lots of great <laughs> blurbs and reviews. And how are you feeling? What's the vibe over there? I'm feeling good. It's very exciting. It is my first book baby that I have ever widely put into the world, and I cannot wait for everybody to read it. Yeah, and we are talking about Shoot the Moon. Of course, I want to get into the book, the inspiration behind it, um, the work that went into it, the love for your first um, book, baby. But yeah, let's talk about kind of this really interesting story. And I understand that you are or were an audio engineer as well. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of this interesting career path and uh, yeah, how how you charted this uh this debut hit <laughs> uh so it's i from your lips to god's ears i hope it ends up a hit that would be very cool <laughs> mm -hmm. um so i i am currently an audio engineer as well um on the side from writing i fell into it by way of music composition so i have my bachelor's in music um, i went to temple up in philly and um i studied music composition i i initially wanted to go into film soundtracking. I'm a huge film buff. And the more classes that I took and the more I sort of explored what the field had to offer, the school had a really, really robust, it still does, but back then it was it was smaller, a really robust computer music department. So I learned a lot from some really, really cool guys uh, who were like working with the first computers in the 60s and 70s up at Columbia, learning how to make music with computers. And that tendency to sort of blend the very human with the very computery, like kind of blending organic with machine and the old with the new has always been something that I'm super interested in. Um, I have a deep love for early music. So like medieval stuff and, and things from like the 16th and 17th centuries and that sense of kind of dragging history forward into modern times um, is something that I still do with, with my writing too. And the way that we interact with computers and sort of the way that we, music in particular, there's that saying, I forget who said it. I think it was Dali. I don't, I don't know. Don't, don't quote me on this. But um, <laughs> there's somebody who says that music is the way that we decorate time. Mm. And I think it is, it is a very special medium because, you know, time is like the one thing, the one resource that we have that we can't touch. It is completely beyond our control. We can't change it. We can't bend it. We can't make it move faster. We can't make it move slower. So to be able to sort of take all of these things that I love and put them together in um, 
a book like Shoot the Moon, um, you know, we've got history, we've got romance, we've got um, familial ties, we've got weird timey-wimey stuff. It, it is. It was a really fun story to put together with sort of all of these influences. And it is a really fun time capsule of, you know, a very specific blend of all of these things that, that make me who I am. And there are lots of little pieces in me, as I think there is in everything that any writer puts out. Um, but I'm really proud of the way it came together. But yeah, I, there's a lot to talk about in it. So whatever you want to kind of use uh-huh. as a jumping off point, I'm totally down. Yeah, well, that's it's super interesting uh, to hear about your interests as both. Um, I mean, would you call yourself uh, not only an audio engineer, but did you have you c- composed any music or? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you play music? I haven't very recently, um, but there's a lot of work that I've got from my time in college. You know, that's part of the process. Is like you do your juries and you have pieces that you present. You get things performed. You sort of learn how to work with musicians and you know what what kind of thing gets distilled is like your thing Um, and a lot of what I ended up doing by the end of my time in school was learning how to blend vocal performance and computer output so it would be Mm. like you you sing something or you say something or you have somebody play something into a microphone or into some sort of array that's capturing the recording um, and then the computer will manipulate it and sort of sing along with you it, it, it really does humanize a lot of the machine element of it and I had a professor who did like a robot opera and we had these little robots that he programmed that were moving around on stage and could sing along with us and <laughs> by the end of the performance like they'd scoot past somebody would be like recalibrating them and you'd be like oh sorry excuse me so they become like very human as as you go along um, and it's it's just fun to kind of have that extra awareness of like okay you know that we do put ourselves into all of these things that we make like you know there's an element of this love of the creator that gets put into hardware and software and and it it does translate I think over across all of the arts and and I do I do consider computer science and and work with hardware that is an art to a certain extent um and I, I I think that it's it's fun to be able to draw the parallels between something that feels so different as like a very creative field like writing or composing and then you kind of turn the coin on the other side and it's like yes but there is still an elegance and a fluency and and a very artistic way of thinking in a, in a, in a creative process that has to come in when you're doing something that might not be what we consider um artistic quote unquote yeah that's super interesting um i mean i can't recall speaking with another author with such a a unique uh, (laughs) background, but it's really cool to hear about. It sounds like quite a few influences on your writing. So how did you find fiction is it something that you have always done is it something that you had aspired to do uh where did the novel kind of spring out of Uh, i've always been a reader my parents were very keen on getting my sister and i interested in reading um and once you know you get caught by the library bug and hopefully it never lets go and it has never let go you know i i was obsessed with picture books when i was a kid and then that moved into middle grade and chapter books and and all of the I have a really, really, really 
colorful imagination to say the least. Um, so it was a really great outlet for me to be able to be like, oh, you know, I get to sort of exercise this muscle that I have in my head that's like constantly hungry for for more things. Like I want to read these crazy fantasy series. I want to read this historical fiction series. I, there's those, it was like the late 90s, early 2000s. There was a series called My America and it was like these diary books that were written from the perspective of kids during like important pieces of American history. And like, I'm sure looking back on them, they're like deeply whitewashed and like very much a product of their time. But I was obsessed with those. Like I read every single one of those. I think I did like three book reports on them, like to dress up as the characters to be like, I read this book and it was great. But like, I have really always kind of gone with both feet into pieces of fiction that, that capture me that I enjoy and that sort of just light up all of these receptors in my head. And it, it was, you know, it's very addicting to feel like I have the, you know, there's this thing that gives me the freedom to just experience and feel and, and explore all of these things that in real life, you know, I might not have the vocabulary to explain what this is, but when you're reading, you get to sort of just run rampant with these feelings and let them wash over you and experience something different. Like you get to read things written by people who are coming from such a different background from you or seeing the world through such a different lens. It's, it's really heady to be able to feel like you're stepping into somebody else's shoes. And I just have always like, you know, again, the first book series that I really was like, I'm obsessed with this was um, a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket that like it's got such a specific aesthetic the characters are so vibrant like his writing style is so smart and like really cares about making the reader fall in love with the language um, and from there I was just like I want to do this like I bought a notebook when I was eight with like babysitting money and then just <laughs> from there it was At eight I, I, yeah and and, and like I it's so cute looking back on them. Like you can tell exactly what I was reading because what the things that I'm, you know, the characters that I am making up to myself and the stories that I'm coming up with and the situations that I'm putting them in, it was very much like, I, I've described it to my editor before as playing Barbies with myself still. Like I'm almost 30 and <laughs> I'm still playing Barbies where it's just like this character is talking to this character and like, maybe I'll make them fight. Maybe I'll make them kiss. Maybe I'll like make them go on a big adventure. It is all still just, dollhouse to me and and that I think keeping the joy of it has made it something that has always been a safe place and a positive and just a, a very important piece to have for myself and honestly I think the biggest piece of kind of this looming debut is that for a very long time all, my whole life writing has been very private it was like my diary I was like mom don't look at my notebooks it's embarrassing I don't want to see what I'm writing because like I, I was using to the early stories as a way to figure myself out and like what are these feelings that I'm having I'm growing into a whole person like I don't know how to make sense of this so I'll project it onto these characters and see what they come up with and maybe that will resonate with me but now it's like all of these people get to read my diary to a certain extent. <laughs> so it's, it is, it's exciting in a way. Cause it's like, I, I have made the conscious choice to like, yes, I want to invite these people into the way that I see the world and the way that I want to present these stories. And, and I want people to see how I view, you know, connection and the act of falling in love and the act of having hope and, and all of the stuff that the book presents. Um, it is, 
just a little bit scary, but more than anything, it's very exciting to feel like or to know that out there, there are going to be people who are going to resonate with, with this and be able to, you know, it's, it's sort of like, there are more of us out there. <laughs> um, it, it'll be fun to kind of see who really falls into lockstep with it and, and, and who is the person who's like, yes, that, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Because those are going to be the people that I end up really doing all of this for at the end of the day. Like it will always be first and foremost for me, but I know that there is going to be at least some small crop of people out there who are also going to love it as much as I do. And that's really exciting for me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty fascinating. Um, so you've called it a puzzle box time travel <laughs> story or, yes. or, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but you, but you did say this about um, your desire to write this particular novel, I believe. And mm -hmm. yeah, uh, let's talk about the book and the, and kind of the, I mean, you've already mentioned some of the cross-pollination and, of course, your love of writing and literature. But, yeah, let's talk about Shoot the Moon. So it's been called the story of a singular life at multiple points in time, a woman's quest to honor both her head and her heart amid the human toll of scientific progress. We don't want to do too many spoilers, but I thought it was cool <laughs> um, that Publishers Weekly had said, our son expertly navigates the back and forth of the story's time travel events, threading them into the highlights of women's scientific achievements and uh, have been compared by Country Living to both Lessons in Chemistry and The Time Traveler's Wife. And of course, you mentioned your love of the film Arrival. I wanted to ask about some of, yeah. Yeah, some of your influences and, and yeah, some of the backstory behind kind of how you dreamt up this this uh yeah yeah timey wimey thing <laughs> yeah i mean it, i think timey wimey obviously is like <laughs> number one it's the basis of all of my science fiction kind of this wacky love for the weird um i grew up as a you know young teenager watching doctor who and torchwood and like all of that science fiction that was just not afraid to be totally off the walls nuts <laughs> um it's whimsy and like just saying like, yeah, sure, let's try it. You know, why not? Like it, it's, it's, I like soft sci-fi that sort of allows itself to be very hand wavy um, to say like, <laughs> this is the thing that's happening and we're not going to explain all of it. Like you'll get enough to feel like this is something that could maybe potentially happen in some universe out there. But you know, you're not going to get all the answers because uh, that's not the kind of stuff that I like reading. So it's not the kind of stuff that I'm going to end up writing. But yeah, definitely like Doctor Who stuff where it's just like, this is weird and this is happening and we're just going with it. <laughs> um, and then kind of on the flip side of it is is heavier stories like Arrival that that I had fallen in love with the short story. I can never remember the author's name, which I feel so bad about, but it's the the story of the rest of your life. I think it's it's called or the story of your life that is about this, this scientist who has this discovery that just completely overtakes her and and she ends up working for this, they, they, she puts herself in this footsteps of the greater good um, of really feeling like this is something that belongs to her, but also it needs to happen for humanity's sake. Um, and then the film that came out in 2016, I saw it at like a very seminal moment of my life where like a lot of things were happening, a lot of things were converging. And I saw the movie and it was just one of those moments where like you're bawling in the theater, just being like, oh my God, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, just true catharsis. And then also I think the other major piece that I can point to is the Miyazaki film, The Wind Rises. 
Um, hmm. It's a one of I think it it, it was supposed or it, initially at the time it was Hayao Miyazaki's final film with his studio, um, but he came back for another one, obviously, because you don't just stop when you're that good. But it's about a uh, uh, an aeronautics engineer in Japan in the pre-war years before World War II in the lead up to that. Um, but it's stunning. It's, it's, I think it's the most historical movie that he's done where like, there is a little bit of a fantasy element where there is kind of this piece of daydreams and, and hope being this fantastical thing that is like the one connection you have left to your childhood. And that's something that I was very keen on exploring is like, how does one's childhood and sort of how does the world that we experience as children affect us as adults and is you know if there was any way to have that slide back and forth if we could you know if you could have a moment to revisit that time of yours or like what would you give to yourself as a child as an from the adult perspective knowing what you know about yourself and knowing what you know about what the world is going to become like what's what's the thing that's most important to to kind of return to your childhood self um and it was it was a fun meditation the the initial draft of it i think the core of it is always the same it's been kind of the same thread from the beginning um but as i've done the revision work on it and as i had my agent look at it as i had my editor look at it once once she acquired it the story really did distill into something that i'm super proud of i think it speaks to all of the beats and all of the themes and all of the kind of elements that I wanted to put together to make this into something that was really special and, and kind of, I'm, I'm just proud that something that has this many pieces of the things that I love in it gets to be the first thing that I show to everybody. It's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, when I think of authors that talk about the way that they write and the way that they kind of process these disparate thoughts and put them together and distill them into this into the creative process, um, were you listening? I mean, you had talked about you know some some film and literature influences. Arrival, which you had mentioned, is a adaptation of mm-hmm. the story of your life, which was yeah, I think a Nebula award winning. Uh, yeah. novella by ted chang yes ted chang that's yeah. it thank you and then thank um you. of course <laughs> miyazaki who is a, just a pioneer but um that's really interesting blending the historical and of course um some of this uh time travel stuff but talk a little bit about do you as you're writing and you're putting this longer piece together do you are you listening to music at all is that something that you can do Do, are you somebody has to sit in silence as you're composing it depends i have worked very hard to make sure that i can write wherever and whenever i want myself to write um i've i've very much turned it into a habit more than anything which i it really works for me like i I, I work on multiple different platforms. I can write on my phone when I'm sitting on the couch downstairs. I can write on my laptop at my desk with like the desk lamp on. I'm in my flow mode, um, which used to be the only way that I could write. But I, I was very cognizant of the fact that like that's a rare thing these days that I can hmm. make the time for that. So I need to be able to just kind of bang it out whenever. But the 
I do tend to write in silence. Um, I like to be able to hear the conversations happening and kind of set the scene for myself in my inner ear. Um, so I do like having quiet or instrumental music, no lyrics. I get, I get distracted, like even if it's a different language, if it's in English, if it's Spanish, if it's whatever, um, I have to have no words. Uh, but beyond that, I, the in terms of like music and like setting the tone, um, I make a playlist for everything that I write, even when I just start throwing the idea together. Like it's it's what helps me distill sort of the texture and the color and the mood of of how I'm going to be seeing the story unfold for myself in my mind's eye. It's I writing for me is a very internal process. Like if you ever see me at work, my expression is just like I I always have like brow furrowed. I'm kind of like. <laughs> making expressions along to myself as I'm matching what's happening on the page. Sometimes I'll mouth things or even if I'm alone in the house, like my poor husband probably hears me talk to myself all the time. Like <laughs> I will just, I'll say, they, I'll speak things out loud to just like make sure that they feel right. Or it's, it's a very active process for me. It's fun. Um, and I like, that's part of the reason that I think it's, it's something that I enjoy doing so much is because I, I like to keep it fun, but also like, I think blending different media together where it's like I do get inspiration from film I get inspiration from music I get inspiration from other books from art from architecture from nature it I think nowadays we have so much media that's surrounding us all the time it's kind of a fool's errand to expect genre to play in its own lines anymore like it's it's I feel like the convention of what to expect from genre now we are certainly stepping into an age where like everything's a genre bender because we have so many things at our disposal all the time that it's very easy for us to be able to like try on something new where it's like, yeah, maybe I don't usually read crime novels, but like, I'm going to pick one up and I'm going to read it. And like, Hey, I really like this. This is great. And <laughs> surprise, you have the internet and you can access anything that you want at any time. Um, I do think that like the information age has given us, a lot of really cool tools to use to break past some of the more conventional barriers that, that we have really made for ourselves in, in terms of creative progress. Um, so I think it's cool that like, I am seeing more books these days get labeled as like, oh, this is genre bender or <laughs> like something that sort of bucks convention. Um, it's, it's exciting to see more and more of that. Cause I do think that like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel that we're certainly on the cusp of like a new era of what storytelling is going to be. We have so many mediums that we can do now. We've got film, books, games, art, anything can be a story. So it's it's just cool to, you know, be able to engage with that and feel like I'm a part of that now in like a big way. It's cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. And a kind of a, a cool way to think about it, almost like a yeah, as we're seeing more, as you put it, like genre benders. And I always ask authors, like, how do you how do you describe the book? Because they're going to try to put you in a box. <laughs> they will. And like, that's part of the fun is to see what kinds of box boxes it gets, it gets put in. And I think like, I don't know, I, I think overall, everything that I write has some sort of it, 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 it at its core, everything is an interpersonal drama. It is people trying to figure out how to exist comfortably or be people with other people. <laughs> and sometimes that's a romance. Sometimes that's like, you know, a conflict of interest between others. It, 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 but it is like, I don't know. I, I feel like writing 
and storytelling in general for me is all this giant quest to sort of figure out like how to be a person because it is to me the way that I see the world is there's a lot of confusing pieces of like why do people do this why is this expected why you know why is this convention the way it is so it very much is like making these characters as templates of like this is person a this is person b sort of spin the top and let it go and see like what happens and do i use this as like a primer to teach myself um, which i think it was very much in the early days when i was a kid certainly um but now it's mostly it, it is such a long flexed muscle of mine that it's it's very much a way that i it's a primary way that i connect with other people um because i do think that like the special thing about humanity because you look at it throughout all of time is that we tell stories to each other like that's that is a thing that separates us from a lot of other animals is that you know we all have the same drive to survive some of us have shared features like four legs two legs two arms <laughs> fingers toes whatever but humans have always told stories to each other and i think that that is something that is very special that is very specific to like this point in all of history all of time this specific quirk of evolution whatever it is that gave us this ability to share stories with each other um i think it's very important that we engage with that and and you know bring that forward and develop that and i'm very lucky to be able to have a stake in the ground with that phenomenon of of people telling stories to each other i think it's it's really magical that that we can share other you know whole other worlds with each other you can sort of take a snapshot of your own mind and say here this is how i see things and there are people who will be able to be like oh my gosh i see it that way too and that is a very special very deep kind of connection that I think is really the reason that we all just keep doing this over and over again. Amazing. I love that. That's a uh, really cool, cool perspective. And I think important right now, especially as, uh, you know, so many writers are just trying to f find their voice uh, yeah, at this time, time, this really strange time in history. Um, well, we'll have to have you back. Uh, what are you working on now? I am working on uh, get it, doing revisions for book two, okay. uh, which is currently with my editor. It's been announced. It's called The Unbecoming of Margaret Wolfe. Um, and it's set in mid-century. It's about a couple in a lavender marriage. And they have a summer that really turns their whole life on their head. <laughs> um, and then in the drafting dugout, there's a Western happening. Oh, cool. TBD, but yeah, it's fun. It's going to be a fun one. All right. Well, cool. Um definitely look forward to those and then um yeah shoot the moon congrats um been in book bub's best books of fall recently shonda land's best books of october 2023 filled with all the thrills of space a love interest and more this book will certainly grab your attention congrats on that reception and the book will be published as of, of publishing of this program so um yeah we look forward to you're gonna be out there on tour you're gonna be hitting looks like uh dallas and Santa Fe, of course, we're part of the book yeah. set. Um, not Los Alamos, I noticed. So um. no, I don't think they let people who aren't scientists do things. There. I'd be not. like, "Hi, I wrote about science, but I am definitely not a scientist." Okay, um, yeah, well, that's cool. You're gonna be out and about, and I'll, I'll point at your home base there. It is inrsend.com. And uh, yeah, all the socials there. We'll look for you out out on the road, and then uh, we're gonna let you go. But we appreciate your time your words, um, your wisdom, and, and um, wish you the best of luck out there. Thank you so much, Kelton. I appreciate it. It's been super fun. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm. <laughs>